No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Wherever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are, it's Wednesday night here on the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. What an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. Thank you for joining. Thank you for sharing the show out. Hope you had a lovely day because I certainly did. Tonight's recommended drink, as always, cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast here on DLive.tv slash Boogie Bumper, ladies and gentlemen. So much to get through, so little time. We're going to get rid of everything. We're cancelling everything tonight. Fuck them. Let's blow it all up. I don't care. Let's get rid of all of it. I'm sick of the foreplay. I'm done. We all know that everything's going to be cancelled eventually at some point anyway. Why don't we just cut to the chase? Why don't we just get rid of everybody now while, while it's hot? While there's momentum? And start anew. Except for this show, of course. Every other thing, get rid of it. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to cancel everything, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, so much to get through, so little time. Uh, We are going to explore what the things that we need to cancel because, of course, here on this show, we believe in making everybody happy all the time. Some people say that that's not achievable. Some people think that that's impossible. But I say au contraire, ye of little faith. Today we are going to do our best to appease everybody all the time and just get everybody into a nice, sanguine, tepid, non-emotional state of mind. No, no highs, no lows. Let's just turn society into an emotional flatline, just grey, everything greyed. No laughs, no tears, nothing. It'd be great. KB with the diamond. Thank you so much for joining us, KB. <laughs> Coffee talk with Sandra. She says, I never tire of foreplay. Don't worry, by the end of tonight, you will would have had enough. So much to get through, so little time. <laughs> the everything is over party. Keep with the diamond. Thank you for joining us. But before we get to that, I have to show you this article that I came across just like 20 minutes ago. And this is going to explain everything that we're seeing right now. This will tickle your pickle. Winning TV with a diamond says, It offends me that you are not allowing offence. Well, I'm sorry. You've got to draw a line somewhere. (laughs) Thank you for the diamonds, guys. Have a look at this little gem that I've got for you today. If this doesn't spell it all out for you, then nothing will. A new era of change hits the newsrooms, ladies and gentlemen. This comes to us courtesy of The Hill. The civil unrest racking the country has ushered in an era of activism in the news media. What? What? No. (laughs) Seems obvious, but wait, it gets better. With a new generation of reporters advocating for social changes that have forced newsrooms to confront long-held news-gathering traditions, like... Those those long-held news-gathering traditions, you know, like things like, say, uh, you need to have two verifiable sources before you go live to print with a story, 
uh, doing your fact-checking, for example, making sure you don't editorialise in news reports, those kinds of long-held traditions. Why, they've just got to go. <laughs> it's a new era. It's 2020. It's current year, guys. All of the, Lucifer Sam in the chat, I saw him tweeting about it earlier. So we're on the same fucking page here when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> yes, we are now advocating for activism instead of journalism. Do your facts. Jim Edward in the chat. Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? The New York Times and Philadelphia Inquirer ousted senior editors after their newsrooms revolted against controversial pieces that ran in their papers. Yes. The editor of the New York Times, the editor of the Philadelphia Inquirer, ladies and gentlemen, had were booted out of their own company because they dared let somebody print an opinion piece that most of the other journalists didn't agree with. <laughs> the free press. The free press. Don't you fucking love it? That's ah. This stuff makes my nipples hard when they uncloak themselves to this degree. When they show everybody just how bad it is in the media now. You know, if you're new to this show, if you haven't been around for the last few years, this this show is basically like a war on the media for a lot of it. And then we talk about sex robots and robotic dildos and the rest, but when it comes to the corporate media, we really do like to take a uh, the polemical sword and take a few stabs from time to time, metaphorically, of course. Axios has given permission to its reporters to march with Black Lives Matter protesters as demonstrators rather than observers. <laughs> I'm on your side. <laughs> I'm one of you. And senior editors at boutique outlets, including Refinery29 and Bon Appetit. I thought Bon Appetit was like a food review website apparently not i I've, i'm going to show you an example of this when we're done with this article and you're going to think how the hell did this happen some newsrooms already have moved to loosened structures requiring objectivity from their reporters there's too much imagine sitting in a newsroom now a, a modern day corporate media outlet imagine sitting there and legitimately believing that my outlet is too objective <laughs> we're too honest we are too factual. That needs to change. It's a new time. It's a new era. We need to do away with this fact-checking model. We need to do away with this evidence-based reporting shit. It's time to become agents of social change. Imagine sitting in the New York Times or the Washington Post or CNN, for example, sitting there in the meeting room with the editors and the other reporters and saying to them, look, there's a problem. You guys are too addicted to the truth. You have too you have you are too ethical. It's time to throw our lot in with the activists. People are begging for it. It's the only way we're going to remain relevant. Imagine doing that. But the killing of George Floyd by Minneapolis police two weeks ago has hastened the move toward advocacy journalism, with many in the news media believing it is past time for neutrality in coverage of issues like racial justice. And police brutality. <laughs> We've been too fair for too long. <laughs> they just openly say, like, you won't even see how pointless it's been over the last little while to, to accuse the corporate media of being uh, subjective, of being biased, of being agenda-driven, right? Because that gets you nowhere. Oh, pff, whatever. That's fake news. Fuck you, man. You don't even know what you're talking about, right? 
And now they are just openly admitting, no, no, we're becoming advocates now. We are activists now. We that's They're openly telling you. And it still won't change a damn thing. That's how you know that the level has slipped beyond repair. Quote, I'm talking more and more to reporters who grew up using these online platforms and they're used to being more engaged with their communities, said Brandy Collins-Dexter, the senior campaign director for the progressive non-profit group Colour of Change. <laughs> they're bringing it to the table, a shift in how we think about the news and what reporting is. We need to change what reporting is to better reflect our worldview. Again, enough of this stuff of objective, unbiased, ethical, evidence-based reporting. That needs to go. That's in the past. That's the history, man. Them, them's the white fellas' rules. That's what those white folks were doing. Of course, propping up the brutal, oppressive system that we see today. So we need to become activists in order to change it. They're bringing to the table a shift uh, that might be different from what they learned in journalism school it's an exciting new time for the media. It's exciting. <laughs> and I think it is very much needed. The problem I have, I don't necessarily, you know what? I don't have a problem with people wanting to be activists in the media. You should be able to say whatever you want. But now that we are openly admitting that corporate media outlets are doing away with quote unquote traditional styles of reporting and just becoming advocates and just becoming uh, biased agenda pushes and just becoming activists. Okay, does that mean I can too? Right? Does that mean the people who disagree with you can also push their agenda openly? Can they also become activists openly? And then, of course, you know the answer to that, right? The answer to that is we need to delete your Twitter account because you're not being factual. Think of think of the switcheroo that's taken place here. Think of the mind fuck that you have been subjected to over the last couple of years. They have been removing channels off YouTube. They've been removing Twitter accounts, right? For people who quote unquote push fake news. And we have replaced, we now promote things like CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post. They now get the top spots on YouTube because they are trusted authoritative sources. So what happens when the trusted authoritative sources then turn around and say, you know what? We're doing away with evidence-based fact-checking stuff and we're just going to become advocates. We're just going to become activists. They have literally they have literally planted themselves at the top of the tree. They have made out like they are the only ones who can have a view on what's happening in the world and now they are openly telling you that they are doing it for activism purposes and nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> That's the state of the corporate press in 2020, ladies and gentlemen. It's like they've laid an egg in your brain. It's like Alien. They've laid a uh, an egg in your chest, and now a little alien is breaking through your ribcage. <laughs> and we, the peasants, are just standing around the table screaming while blood and shit goes all over our faces, and there's nothing we can do about it. If only Sigourney Weaver could save us, but she can't. She can't. We're on our own. So, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The new era of media is we're activists and we don't care what you think about it. <laughs> Objective, unbiased reporting? Pfft, please. That's what they used to do back in the Stone Ages, man. We're not for that anymore.
All right. I got good news for you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for the diamond over edge. People often like to make jokes about Australians, you know, the emu war and stuff. Well, I brought it to you that we're bringing the war to your doorstep. And here we have it. Wallaby got loose in Franklin neighborhood, ladies and gentlemen. Have a look at this. Australia is coming for you, America. And we're not going to take any fucking prisoners. Steph, there they go. I love that video, but I think I can top it. Because new at nine, cell phone video showing the moment a loose wallaby <laughs> is captured in Franklin. All right, take a look here. Fox 6 viewer capturing the moment. Go, you little bastard. Go. From Franklin, capturing the marsupial in a neighborhood. Kick. Now, earlier today, a supervisor with the Franklin Police Department telling Fox 6 that... You know it's a nice neighborhood when uh, an escaped marsupial makes the news and not, you know, your boutique jewelry store being burnt to the fucking ground. This looks like a nice, quiet place to live. It belongs to someone in the area. It mm. was safely captured. I didn't know you could keep a wallaby. I didn't even know. I'm an Australian. I didn't know that we could have wallabies. Listen to the moment police officers arrive. How big is this thing? <laughs> I'd say it's likely more a wallaby based on the size. I'm, I'm very proud of this American who knew the difference between a wallaby and a little kangaroo. Okay, without my ready reference of North American land animals, is that smaller or larger than a kangaroo? It's not North American, you tit. He's about two feet tall. Are we going to need the assistance of somebody who knows what they're doing with kangaroos? We might have a, a residence as to where it resides. Uh, we'll work on that, but I guess we can probably corral it here. <laughs> We've got to corral the wallaby, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the reason that I bring this to you is because this is how it starts. This is how we get in. You see, the wallabies are like our little spies that we send in first. They're out, they're out behind enemy lines provocateurs. They get into the very white upper class neighborhoods and start tearing shit up behind the scenes before we send in the emus. Now, Australia has a very proud military tradition. And if the emus are going to take us out, that's one thing. But when you take on the might of the United States with all of their fancy missiles and fancy gadgets and whatnot, you have to think a little bit outside the box. This is just the first wave. The wallabies, ladies and gentlemen. Then come the kangaroos. Then come the crocodiles. Then come the vicious, bloodthirsty emus. Then you release your feminists. No, 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 no. We keep our feminists under lock and key. We keep them very much controlled. Because once you let them go, they're like the berserkers of the Viking era. You know, you only release the berserkers at the end of the battle when it looks like you're losing. And they get their legs and arms cut off and they still keep fighting. That's what our feminists are like here. So that's, that's like break glass in case of emergency. We're very, very particular about when we release our feminazis. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The wallabies on the loose in the United States. Um, cancellations. Lots of things are getting cancelled now. And I say it's about time. You know, cops, for example, uh, that has just been, I think it's just been white privilege crime porn for the last 20 years, obviously. And we all know that if you remove a show like Cops from the TV, then everybody's life is going to improve. I was just watching uh, Revenge of the Sis earlier. Shout out to the boys on ROTC. They were talking about that New York, the New York uh, government, right, is going to paint Black Lives Matter in the five boroughs. 
that's on the back of the story we covered here yesterday on this show. The DA of New York, ladies and gentlemen, saying thousands of protesters who have been arrested over the last couple of weeks will not be prosecuted. We are letting them go for quote-unquote low-level crimes. And what's a low-level crime? A low-level crime is something like picking up a brick, throwing it through a shop window, looting, uh, you know, th- those kinds of quote-unquote misdemeanors, setting fire to buildings. They're low-level crimes. So people have been touting on social media for the last week or two, oh, look, we're rounding up all of these criminals. We're rounding them up. And it's like, yeah, yeah, they're rounding them up. But that that's not the end of the story. There are no guarantees. An arrest doesn't mean shit anymore. Because the DA, the DA came out and literally quoted Black Lives Matter rhetoric in the statement and said, we stand, we are here for, we are fighting against systemic injustice. He's the fucking district attorney. (laughs) Activism from the bench, ladies and gentlemen. And the thousands of people that we've rounded up during the riots and the looting, we're going to let them go. Because he, he said, because we don't want to harm the bonds that we've been building over the last couple of decades. That's right. They're letting them go because they don't want them to be angry at them. (laughs) We want to stay friends. (laughs) So on the back of that, we're now seeing these campaigns roll through. We need to cancel everything, get rid of everyone. Time, it's time. Time's enough. The definition of injustice. It's time. We've got to move on, guys. It's 2020. So I haven't watched this clip yet. I only saw it uh, on Twitter literally like five minutes before I went live. And I thought, yeah, why not? It's, it's, it's on the Now This Twitter account, so you know it's going to be good. I haven't seen it yet. Let's see what this guy's got to say for himself. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a LAPD show on A&E. There's a show on uh, Border Patrol on Netflix. <laughs> we have been in contact with both of those networks. We have been pushing both of those networks to um, engage. And we hope that um, sometimes someone has to go first. Yeah. Yes. You know, there's a cop show on A&E. That needs to go. And there's that border control show on Netflix. I mean, that's very offensive. Can Can anybody explain to me why a border patrol show on Netflix somehow is representative of, what do they say, 250 years of oppression and whatnot? Can anybody put those two things together? Because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, and I am an outsider looking in. I am looking at this like an ant farm. So, you know, I'm a little divorced from the emotional connection here that a lot of people feel with this topic. Granted. <laughs> KB with a duck. KB with a diamond just says, damn. <laughs> yes. We're getting rid of everything. So I am a little divorced from the emotional context of this argument. That's fine. That's fair enough. But it just seems to me, as an impartial observer, that anything that in any way responds with a platform of, say, border control or law and order or any kind of anything that has any kind of loose affiliation with a particular side of the political discussion needs to be erased from popular culture completely. Is it, is it just me? <laughs> is, that what it, is that what it looks like to you? Or is it really about making people feel better about justice or something? I don't know. Let's carry on. Maybe I've got it wrong. Let's give him a chance. Um, and Paramount <laughs> took the first step. Paramount and now the these other step, networks yeah. have a responsibility. You have, uh, a, you have a responsibility to do what we say. 
You know, Paramount did what we asked them to. We've been going around making demands of various people, and some people have decided to do what we say, and other people have yet to decide to do what we say, but now they have a responsibility to do the right thing, which is what we tell them to do. We also need to push the, the scripted show, oh. right? A show like Law & Order SVU <laughs> um, set in New York City, yes. uh, a cast that is really black and brown, yep. um, showing all sorts of uh, diversity on air, a world with race, but a world without racism. <laughs> they want to write the scripts now. <laughs> You see, it's not good enough to cancel the shows. We need to cancel that show and replace it with this show. And by the way, we're going to start writing the fucking scripts for the show. How do you like that? <laughs> Coming to 2021, new law and order. Just a, whole, just a whole cast of black and brown people living and existing in harmony. There's no racism. There's no brutality. Everything is wonderful. It's set in Wakanda. It's going to be fucking balls, man. We're writing the scripts now. <laughs> Out you go. <laughs> Do you have any uh, script writing experience, sir? Uh, have you ever written for a popular television drama before? Or No, I haven't. But let me tell you something. I have lived experience. Oh, really? What is that? Well, I've been doing uh, activism periscopes for the last five years. And I've been talking about racial justice a lot. So I think that's all I need, really. Congratulations, you're hired. You're on board. <laughs> Vicky in the chat says, they'll all be criminals. <laughs> what kind of bullshit is this? Very good, Kitty B. Bad puns always put you to the top of the class. In um, fact, uh, Law & Order SVU can have basically an all-white writer's room. Yep. Um, and they're covering crime and punishment and all these things at communities. Chicago PD. Chicago um, PD. Basically an all-white writer's room. Yep. The, um uh, the creator of both of those shows is the legendary Dick Wolf. He's not going to be a legend much longer. He's a white guy. What the fuck does he know about writing a TV show? I don't know. I find this whole thing of like, you have to have, um, if somebody's playing a certain character, then they need to be that character, right? I find that very strange. Because I guess maybe I'm just some kind of intolerant bigot, but I always thought the mark of a good actor and the mark of a good writer was being able to write something believable from an experience that's not your own, right? Like a very talented writer should be able to write a war story, for example, without having to be a soldier. And if they can make you believe that they are a soldier in the writing of their work, then that's a good writer. You know what I mean? Like, so if we need a black trans person represented on screen, but they have to be a black trans person first and they just act like a black trans person, I, I don't see why that's talent. Like, you're just playing yourself. You don't deserve an award for that. Like, if we cast a guy as a motor mechanic in a movie and the guy is literally a motor mechanic and we just film him doing motor mechanic things, he's not acting. <laughs> This isn't some stellar award-winning performance. Playing yourself is not, it's not acting. Right? A good actor should be able to play something that they are not and do it believably. That's how you win the awards. That is racist, Boogie. 
That is taking work away from helpless, stupid minorities that need to have their hands held. That's not very nice, Kitty P. Can't say that. But those were the old rules. You know, remember those days, those awful dark days? I like to call them the dark ages. Back in the dark ages when corporate media outlets used things like evidence-based reporting and verifiable sources and fact-checking and objectivity and non-editorializing. Back in those dark days when actors used to win awards for being able to portray things which they are not and writers used to win awards by writing things from an experience which is not their own and have it believable. Back in those awful days, I, it's about time we get rid of that. Now we need now we need activism in journalism and the only people who are allowed to act as things on screen must be the thing that they are acting to be. <laughs> the world will be such a better place. Who's made a lot of money off of uh, being a PR arm for police. Right. Uh, Dick Wolf recently Dick Wolf. said at a great name television to, great name, Dick Wolf. Critics Association event that his shows are apolitical. Now, one would have to have his head in a sand and living behind some very gilded gates to mm. believe that you could have shows about police, <clears throat> about crime, about black and brown folks, about cities. About anything. About anything. It's all politics. Like Chicago and New York and yep. say that it's apolitical. <laughs> so Hollywood, who is joining <laughs> so much of the chorus to say that they stand with our movement, here is a charge to help really stand with our movement. <laughs> I think we've found the one guy on the internet who thinks that the entertainment industry isn't leftist enough. <laughs> like, we need to go further. We need to completely cleanse all television shows at all times. Every show must be pushing our agenda. Every show must be doing what we want. And we'll even start writing the scripts for you. How about that? Just to show that you stand with our movement, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't it wonderful? Like I said on the show yesterday, right? I think it was yesterday or the day before. I think it was the day before. If you want, like, real entertainment now, if you want comedy, right? I mentioned ROTC earlier. The reason I watch it, you know why I like ROTC? Because it fucking makes me laugh. They're funny guys. They make me belly laugh. So much comedy now is ruined. Like, these are the people here that are ruining entertainment, ruining comedy. Right here. So if you actually want like genuine laughs, if you want unshackled opinion, if you want to be entertained or informed genuinely now, the only way you can do it is to go like to go into little communities like this and find little communities of people who share shows out and get, get you know, be there at a certain time because you probably won't get a notification, jump on YouTube or DLive or wherever and watch the show and make the most of it while you can because once wind gets out, once word gets out and people get wind of it, it will be cancelled. And then you need to hunt around, like scouring through the fields for, for landmines in Serbia, looking for the next show, looking for the next piece of entertainment that, you're, that you can find before they take it away from you again. If you want genuine comedy or genuine opinion, that's the only way to do it now because it's not going to be on TV. It's not going to be on stage. It's not going to be on the radio. It's not going to be in theatre. It's not going to be in film. We just read the article where journalists are now advocating that they need to do away with traditional journalism and become ad, uh, ad, act, pardon me, activists. 
That needs to happen. They're promoting that. And we have activists saying, not only are we going to cancel the TV shows we don't like, we're going to start writing the scripts for the ones that we do like in order to represent the agenda, in order to represent the movement. Where the fuck do you think you're going to get genuine entertainment from in five years from now? Two years, six months from now, already now. (laughs) You have to work so hard to find genuine comedy or genuine entertainment now. It's barely worth the effort. It's just the way it goes. Found this article earlier. <laughs> Tell me what you think this of this. Department this week said that systemic racism in policing, quote, just doesn't. Uh, another one from the Hill, ladies and gentlemen. Top cop in Tulsa says this. A top official with the Tulsa Police Department this week said that systemic racism in policing, quote, just doesn't exist and suggested research shows that police are shooting African-Americans, quote, 24% less than we probably ought Thank to be. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. Yes, that quote again. <laughs> Jesus Christ, mate. Top Tulsa police officer, we're shooting African-Americans about 24% less than we probably ought to be. (laughs) And another policing career comes to an end. (laughs) A top official with the Tulsa Police Department this week said that systemic racism in policing just doesn't exist and suggested research shows police are shooting African-Americans 24% less than we probably ought to be. (laughs) Give me the chat, savage. Tulsa Police Department Major Travis Yates, Travis Yates, a very white name, who is white. They put that in the article, by the way. Who is white? He's a white guy, by the way. Spoke to podcast host Pat Campbell on Monday about the ongoing national protests against police brutality and racial injustice following the death of George Floyd. An an unarmed black man. We know the story. Stop telling us the fucking story about George Floyd in all of these articles. Jesus Christ. If you don't know who George Floyd is by now, you aren't reading this article. Who's What sort of a fucking idiot is clicking on one of these articles now going, who the hell is this George Floyd, Floyd guy that everybody's talking about? Who is he? Is he some kind of actor or something? Where did he come from? What's his story? Stop telling us the whole backstory every single time. We know. <laughs> Quote, you get this meme of blacks are shot two times, two and a half times more, and everybody goes, oh, yeah, Yates said on the podcast. They're not making sense here. You have to come into contact with law enforcement for that to occur. If a certain group is committing more crimes, more violent crimes, and law enforcement is having to come into more contact with them, that number is going to be higher. I'll see you in hell. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. (laughs) Trent Wave. Who is he, though? (laughs) Asshole. Is this cop going full uh, FBI crime statistics on us? Oh, no. Oh, no. And he was one day away from retirement. He continued, Who in the world in their right mind would think that our shootings would be right along the US census lines? That's insanity, Yates said. Who is white, by the way? Yates is a white guy. White cop. Bad white guy. Yates added that some research states that we're shooting African Americans about 24% less than we probably ought to be based on the crimes committed. Okay. He's got balls, so give him that. 
Yates on Wednesday defended himself, saying the radio outlet misquoted him and included a libelous claim reading, according to his interpretation of crime data, police should actually be bl shooting black Americans more frequently. I never said that, actually. This is plainly false and factually inaccurate. Again, why did, why did Mr. Yates here, the good constable, the good policeman, why did Mr. Yates assume that a corporate media outlet would quote him accurately? As we all know, ladies and gentlemen, the new era of change has hit the newsrooms. Being factual and being accurate is not part of the deal anymore. In fact, we know because we've heard from the editors of these outlets that they no longer plan on being factual and accurate. Their job is to be activists now, to be part of, to be agents of change. And that old model of using, you know, factual objective quotes, that has to go by the wayside. I mean, we're not going to have the kind of society we want if we keep sticking to these tired old, old tropes of things like verifiable quotes and whatnot. Clearly, the published article does not reflect my hypothetical discussion of statistics based on the research of others, Yates continued in Wednesday comments. It makes no mention of the sources I cited, and it absolutely does not factually reflect my words. But again, now we know. Now there's no mystery about this anymore. Quote, Axios has given permission to its reporters to march with Black Lives Matter protesters and demonstrators rather than observers. Senior editors at boutique outlets have lost their jobs over allegations from reporters that they oversaw a culture of racial discrimination. Some newsrooms have already moved to loosen structures requiring objectivity from their reporters. We don't need we don't need objectivity anymore. That's not what the news is anymore. So let nobody act surprised in the future. When they say, well, that's not really what I said. That's not really how it went down. That's not really what the story is. That guy doesn't have anything to do with it. Why did you print that for? You know why. <laughs> because it's no longer news. It's activism. And now they're openly, not even admitting it, gloating about it. Isn't it great? You know what? When times get tough, when the world seems like a shitty place, a little trip... A little trip away, a little vacay can often make people feel better about themselves. Sometimes it's a good idea just to release the pressure valve, you know what I mean? Of course, people like to go to places like Disneyland or Disney World, Universal Studios and whatnot. Well, I've got good news. Cancel culture is coming to a theme park near you. Song of the South trends as people question the racial origin of Splash Mountain music. <laughs> Splash Mountain is racist, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now, I've never been to Disneyland or Disney World, but Splash Mountain, as somebody like not even in the United States, I can tell you that we know what Splash Mountain is. It's a world-famous ride. Everybody knows Splash Mountain. Rides are racist now, correct. Everybody knows Splash Mountain. Well, everybody's now going to know why it's racist too. <laughs> As shows like Cops are being cancelled and warnings of products of their time. See, this is the other thing too that we've tried to explain to people for so long. And maybe now it'll be obvious. Appeasement only leads to more demands. Right? 
if you agree to this thing here, that will only give momentum to the next thing. Look, they're not even hiding it. Look at this. As shows like Cops are being cancelled and warnings of products of their time being added to old cartoons and movies, now many are calling for the song to be pulled from the ride for its racist ties. You see, because the push to ban fucking Mount Splashmore, <laughs> Splash Mountain, wouldn't be as strong if people didn't give in to the first demand. Because people folded on the first thing, that means that this thing now is up for grabs. Giving in just emboldens people. Exactly. Lucifer's down. Now, there might be some relative things in society that people want to do away with and stuff. Fine. But I've always been like, no, no on everything. Because if we say yes to this, then we're going to have to say yes to the next thing. And when we say yes to the next thing, then we're going to have to say yes to the next thing. And then so on and so on and so on. And it will never end. So how about just no? So sorry. Too bad. The music originates from an old Disney movie, Song of the South, but good luck finding it on any stream service. The movie has disappeared from any popular video watching platforms. You see, we've already gotten rid of the movie. The movie has been banished. It's been cast into the pit of non-existence. It's, it's gone forever. But that's not good enough. I heard that they play the song... They play a song from the movie at this ride. We need to ban that too. One Twitter user writes, It's funny how this is a movie that Disney is absolutely ashamed of, but they still have a ride based off it. <laughs> Jenny in the chat says they're insatiable. It, it's like a bloodlet. It's like the vampire's urge to, to feed, the thirst. And no matter how much blood you drink, you can never satisfy that thirst. That burning rage inside of you. Bring the you bell and feeding. get your cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub, KB. Another writes, he has known about the ride's music uh, racist origin for a long time, but the songs about Brea Rabbit have grown on me over the years. I know it's racist, but I like the rabbit, ladies and gentlemen. Let's ban Splash Mountain. <laughs> this is a cute one. People think white chicks is as offensive as blackface. Here's why that's totally wrong. Because cancel culture only goes so far, you see. We are against people misrepresent. We are against people representing races of which they are not. Of an origin of which they are not. Except sometimes. <laughs> people think white chicks is as offensive as blackface. Ring the bell and get your <laughs> cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub winning TV. Here we go. In response to people, films and TV shows being cancelled for blackface, some angry white people. <laughs> you hear about these angry white people out there? Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. All of these angry white people are trying to ban this movie. What the fuck's wrong with them? Come on. <laughs> Thank you for the gifted sub winning TV. In response to people's films, people, films and TV shows being cancelled for blackface, some angry white people are trying to say that 2004 film White Chicks should be retrospectively cancelled too. What's wrong with them trying to apply uh, rules equally across the board? What the hell is wrong with these idiots? Let's repeat that again. 
People are seriously trying to argue that White Chicks, a film directed by a black man, which sees two black FBI agents have to go undercover as a pair of rich white women, should also be cancelled or removed from streaming services because it is a racist against white people. Here are a few examples of the discourse, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, we're not going to try and pretend that White Chicks is a masterpiece of cinema. We're also not going to pretend that there's not problematic things in it Plenty of fat shaming, misogyny, white people saying the N-word, and some seriously dodgy storylines about date rape and drug use. So they don't like it because it's got misogyny. It's got fat shaming. <laughs> this, these people are so confused. They don't know what their platform is. They're, they're like the Joker. They're just running around chasing cars. And when they get hold of the car, they don't know what to do with it. There is no plan here. They're just latching onto bumper bars. It's like, I've caught the car, now what? But it does take a pretty accurate jab at an overtly white culture that indulges itself in excess elitism and racism and all the racisms. The film finds ample time to mock those who like to pride themselves on how they are viewed in the affluent surroundings of the Hamptons and even touches on the casual racism of those communities when black people aren't around. Furthermore, when Sean and Marlon Wayans are disguised as white women, they rarely act like anything other than themselves, and most of the mockery of the white people comes courtesy of the white actors. <laughs> Neither of the Wayans brothers are attempting to mock white people or portray them as something evil. The white characters do that for them. Also, it shouldn't be for white people. This is so delicious. It shouldn't be for white people to decide what white actors can and can't do. No, it should be for black people to decide what white actors can and can't do, though, right? <laughs> Imagine being this dense. You know, these white people are so up, these uppity whites. They think that they should tell white people how to, how to portray things in movies. <laughs> KV with a diamond. No, not the Hamptons. Yes, the Hamptons. These uppity white people think that they should be telling other white actors how to how to act, basically. That's our job. <laughs> we tell the white people how to act. We tell the white people what they can and can't Ring do on the screen. Bell Not the and other get white your people. Cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Elena. <laughs> Isn't it fucking cute? I love this I love this shit. I really do. <laughs> It shouldn't be for white people to decide what white actors can and can't do, given white actors have been playing characters with different identities for ages already. When we've seen the criticism that Scarlett Johansson received for playing an Asian character in Ghost in the Shell, and then claiming that she should have been allowed to play a trans man when those roles prob probably should have gone to actors who fit those profiles. We're back to that old stomping ground again. Perhaps the most shocking exploitation of one particular minority by white actors are people with disabilities. Never go full retard. So basically, white actors have played characters of different identities since the beginning of cinema, so it's hardly like the Wayans brothers can be judged harshly for what is a light-hearted parody which mostly relies on white actors in the first place. <laughs> oh, yes. If white face is truly a thing, then it would appear, appear pretty obvious that it is a tool for black actors to have a gentle bit of fun with white culture, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally different. I love it. Mm. 
good point in the chat. Yeah, of course. Isn't this bringing people together? This is how you get harmony. This is how you get... <laughs> I want to see a film where Boogie plays Malcolm X. I'll do it. I'll do it. Whiteface is truly a thing, then it would appear pretty obvious that it is a tool for black actors to have a gentle bit of fun with white culture. Ladies and gents, just a bit of fun. Stop being so uptight, guys. <laughs> just relax. It's not what you think it is. Oh. Um, who here is familiar with the show Big Brother? <clears throat> I know you have it in the States. I don't know if anybody watches it. They just rebooted Big Brother here in Australia on a different network. God knows why. It's a fucking terrible show. <clears throat> and I I don't watch it. My wife was watching it last night and I came out and I watched like about, I don't know, 20 minutes of it or something. And the people, a few people were up for eviction. And one of the uh, people up for eviction was a black girl. And I said to my wife, you know, cheekily, uh, God, I hope they don't kick the black girl off because then everybody's going to say that it was racism and then I'll have, to I'll have to read all these racism stories tomorrow. And we had a little bit of a laugh because, you know, of course, <laughs> that's the state of, that we're in now. Little did I know <laughs> that they were way ahead of me on this one. And sometimes art mimics real life, right? Big brother, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> These people are more predictable than fucking Sunrise. Big Brother 2020, viewers lash out over shock eliminations. You don't say. What a shock. I am shocked. <laughs> viewers have slammed the revamp series after noticing a painfully uncomfortable theme emerging from the first three eliminations. Big Brother viewers have hit out at the program after noticing an uncomfortable theme emerging from the first three episodes. I'll see you in hell. See you in hell. The revamped reality show, which began airing on Seven earlier this week, is now a pre-recorded series and allows housemates to vote each other out rather than the public. The first three episodes have seen three elimination and uh, three elimination, and as many have pointed out on Twitter, all of them were quote people of color with strong personalities. <clears throat> They're all racist. <laughs> Shocked and appalled. Jim Edward. With the spotlight firmly fixed on issues of diversity, discrimination, and representation in the media, Korean dad Su Bong Huang became the latest evictee from the Big Brother house on Wednesday night after barely having a chance to settle in as an intruder. There he is. Obviously because he's Asian. Many of their fellow housemates reasoned that they were being nominated because they were strong contenders to win the series and the $250,000 prize money. No, 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 that's not fair. You only kicked him out because he looks different from you. Let's be honest here. <laughs> Some people defended the show, pointing out it just could be a coincidence. Oh, that's what a racist would say, am I right? As the evictees had emerged as strong contenders to win early on, while another described it as being potentially unconscious bias. Oh, yes. So it seems when people have the opportunity to vote in like a democratic setting, if we don't get the result we want, then it's racism. <laughs> Maybe we need to come up with a way so that uh, people of a particular ethnic background cannot be voted out. Maybe that's the only real way to get a real winner here. <laughs> Kitty B in the chat. They eliminated the Asian because he was trying to lay eggs in their brains. Speaking about the backlash to HuffPost Australia, again, just a quick reminder here, 
a new era of change hits newsrooms, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking about the backlash to HuffPost Australia, Liang claimed it boiled down to a coincidence and bad luck. It was coincidence. It was a bit of bad luck. And it just happened that Laura is of that ethnicity and she is a strong person athletically. Then you've got me, who is the brains behind the operation that plays a great social game. And then you've got Subong, who everyone thought was a threat because he's a quite an interesting character. You see, this is the fucking beauty of it. When they were sourcing people to go on this show, they must have, of course, they decided, look, we need we need a diverse range of people, which is fine. I don't care. We need we need a lot of diversity on this show. How about we get the best? <laughs> we'll get <laughs> we'll get the most interesting people of color. We'll get the most attractive, the most interesting, the smartest, the best guys, right? The intelligent, the athletes, very interesting characters, engaging people, people good in social situations. Let's get the absolute best minorities that we can find for this for this task. So they go into the Big Brother house. They've sourced these very interesting, very intelligent, dangerous players for Big Brother, and they get voted out because they're too good. (laughs) The other very boring white people, the other very boring, very bland, very average white people in the house vote them out because they're too good, because they're too interesting, because people will like them too much. So we need to get rid of them. This proves that they're racist. (laughs) I fucking love it. Just the way things work out sometimes, man. Ah, I think in the house, it could be such a coincidence that we are strong players. But if you look at it the other way, and if I'm honest, I did not connect or relate to anybody in the house on that note. She was in there for two days. And maybe they felt that too, because they thought, you know, it's just us getting along. Always us, this, us and them. Think about a workplace. The ethnics immediately draw together as a team. Inside the house, obviously, Angela and Alan were the only two people I thought I could relate to. There's this kind of unspoken language where we immediately band and respect each other, knowing that you're in the presence of a lot of white people, ladies and gentlemen. Big Brother is racist. We should cancel Big Brother. It's too racist. How are we going for time? A little time? Um, okay. One more thing before we go for a quick break. Why am I bringing up Glamour Magazine's Twitter profile? Because <laughs> we were talking about how media is changing. We need to become activists now. Forget about objective reporting. Now, Glamour is a women's magazine in the United States. And it says here on its Twitter bio, what it is apparently, is redefining fulfillment for women. Get the latest beauty, fashion and culture news from Glamour. So I would have suspected that Glamour would be about you know, lipstick, makeup, dresses, handbags, shoes, cute boys, right? That kind of mindless drivel, celebrity gossip, that kind of mindlessness that you would expect to read in a doctor's waiting room or while you're waiting at the salon, right? One of the piles of magazines. But I was wrong. And how wrong I was. Just a quick peruse down Glamour's Twitter timeline will show you just how far this apple has rotted from the tree. It's okay to take a step back how six black women are taking care of themselves right now. Currently, only nine out of 290 brands Sephora sells are black-owned. So there's only nine black-owned brands. 
psychologist and podcast host has made it her mission to help black women prioritize their mental health. This is this is the Glamour magazine. Remember, redefining fulfillment for women. Get the latest beauty, fashion, and culture news from Glamour. Okay. <laughs> They're retweeting Joe Biden. <laughs> We need to keep this energy up for everybody who's been taken from us. Uh, Ijima Ulo wants to live in a world that doesn't need her book. So you want to talk about race? We cannot believe we have to say this. White women, stop treating protests as Instagram photo shoots. Did a dope interview with Glamour Mag. Thank you for shedding light on this. The pop world kept putting Nija Charles in a box. No one should have to choose between their health and having their voice heard. Taylor, Taylor Swift finally slams Trump for stoking white supremacy. This is Glamour Magazine. Gone with the Wind has been removed from HBO Max streaming. So Gone with the Wind is now racist too. <laughs> Gone with the fucking Wind has been cancelled. We learned something else today. Thank you, Glamour Magazine. Thank you, Glamour Magazine, for fulfilling women or whatever it is that you do. Gone with the wind has been removed. It's too racist. Finally, says Henry St. George Tucker Bumper in the chat. Netflix Lennox Hill is the reality TV show version of Grey's Anatomy and it will move you. Today, I will register to vote and vote for the change I wish to see in our nation. Queer Eye star Tan France is now an American citizen. (laughs) (laughs) Educate yourself. And there's uh, a lot of books there. I know why the cage bird sings, Exiles of Eden. I'm working to have my ideal body type. You know what type that is? None of your fucking business. Talking about body shaming. Brown Skin Girl by Beyonce. I finally found a sunscreen that's actually invisible on brown skin. Asking yourself, what else can I do to help for fight to fight for justice? Here are some next steps. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. In addition, Glamour is no longer continuing our bridal column with Schroeder. She looks too white to me. Because the motivation to get moving isn't the easiest feat right now. There's, there's, there's the first article that's about fitness. Support black-owned bookstores while you're at it. You still need to cover your face this summer. I'm not being quiet anymore. Riverdale creator Roberto Aguara Sacasa responds to race, more racism stuff. The Academy has responded to David... I can't pronounce those names. Sorry, I guess that's my white privilege. Playing this on repeat forever, Lizzo just wrote a song about voting you need to hear and act on... <laughs> And there you have it. Beyonce shared a powerful message on the death of George Floyd and so on and so forth. So I just thought that was like an interesting little microcosm. Glamour magazine, which is apparently about redefining fulfillment for women, get the latest beauty, fashion and culture news from Glamour. Uh, It looks looks like Black Lives Matter to me. (laughs) It looks like Black Lives Matter and don't body shame and we need more black stuff. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) Again, I don't particularly care. But there you have it. And that's not the on- that's not the only outlet that's doing this. Teen Vogue. Now, we did a- an article about Teen Vogue, which I thought was for like 13-year-old girls to talk about chapsticks and how much they like boys. Apparently not. We read an article from Teen Vogue on this show a couple of weeks ago, which was talking about why the lockdown protesters were actually white supremacists who want to kill black people. I'm not even being hyperbolic if you were around for that show. The lockdown protesters are white supremacists who want black people to die in teen vogue. (laughs) That's where we are. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a quick five-minute break. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Uh, I hope you stick around. We've got more fun stuff on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Daily Boogie podcast on a Wednesday night, ladies and gentlemen. Second half of the show coming up after these very short messages. See you soon. your novelty comedy songs organic handmade with painstaking care put into every note well look no further than irrational times using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later irrational times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level new songs and sketches every week so check it out. Idiot boogie bumper. 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 Really giving that one a workout? Come on. Dlive.tv slash JJ Stoner. And we love JJ here on the show. It's the J.J. Stoner Spring Collection, the perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. Keep swinging, pigs! Call now and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slur cane that the South has to offer. Don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works! Inverted, narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with the starting block Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash the starting block. Get in touch with us on Twitter at the starting block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for the starting block, all one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the blockheads tuning in in their millions right around the world. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with the good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Count, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. Hi. I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? <laughs> you. Why do you, why do you have to ruin my evening? Like, I, I'm just going to just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show. And you, you got to, you just got to do this. <laughs> so you're not enjoying it? No! <laughs> 
Dude, Asian oh, come Dick on. Tracy. You enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover <laughs> in, in Argentina. But it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate oh, come on. You secretly guy. love it. No, no. I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so... Subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Feeling depressed? Need someone to tell you it's not okay? Do you like goth public access TV? Then join me for The Big Empty every Sunday at noon. Major underscore Tom on DLive with zeros for O's because everything in your life is that difficult. Hey, Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you'll have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Can't be old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. When we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons Eating cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot Tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pepsi Enjoy the joy of Pepsi Enjoy the joy of Pepsi This Justin the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. Sometimes this world can get you down. 
into it shall we ladies and gentlemen with these guys who i put up there on a pedestal you know there's a lot of people out there who are larping as activists right now people who are larping as agents of change people who think that they're changing the goddamn world let me tell you something they're all frauds they all pale into insignificance compared with these guys who we have covered on the show for a while as far as i'm concerned ladies and gentlemen the carton arcs are doing god's fucking work if you know anything about me, you'll know that this is, I am the black shirt wearing libertarian raising the black flag. So of course, individual freedom, liberty, all of that pointless, boring shit that people don't like, I, I'm for it. I love it. But there is one aspect of modern life where I, can, I go complete full fascist, where I whack on the Doc Martin boots, where I get the chains around my knuckles, where I put on uh, the brown shirt, I replace the black shirt with the brown shirt, and I go full fash. And that is in parking lots, ladies and gentlemen. Because I am of the opinion that the parking lot is the microcosm for how people Ring should act in society. And get your cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted subwinning TV. As far as I'm concerned, if you can't behave yourself in a parking lot, I demand swift, brutal justice immediately. Zero tolerance. If you can't park in the lines you should be taken out of the parking lot and dealt with permanently. I go full fascist in the parking lot. Everywhere else, I don't care, man. I'm a pretty easygoing guy. Like, I'm not a judgy guy. I'm pretty liberal in that sense, socially. But parking lot justice is something that I believe very strongly in. <laughs> Boogie is private security manifest. <laughs> so I Ring think that the, the partner and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub, KB. I think that the cartnarks are doing God's work. Because if we don't nip these people in the bud, today it's leaving your shopping cart in the middle of, you know, a parking spot. Tomorrow, you're probably committing genocide. This is how dictators start. You know, Joseph Stalin thought he could park wherever he wanted. Pol Pot used to park his horse right out the front of the noodle hut before he became a bloodthirsty dictator. And... I can only think if only we had some kind of iteration of the carton arcs back then. So much tragedy, so much bloodshed could have been avoided. So this is a hot video off the carton arcs YouTube page. And all of the all of the things that we reference in the show will be in the show notes after the show, ladies and gentlemen, on the Podbean website. So check that out if you want to gra grab your greasy little hands around this little piece of justice here. So... Right now, we're living through an age of which Noodle Hut? All of them. <laughs> noodle Hut, is that like pizza? pizza? <laughs> See, I love this chat because people people are now fixed on the Noodle Hut thing. <laughs> Don't you have a Noodle You know what a Noodle Hut is? Have you ever been to Asia? 
Like, if you go to, like, you know, poorer, like, island regions in Asia and stuff, and, like, not you don't have to go full jungle, but just get out of the main cities and in the little towns and stuff. You can stay in the little towns. Very cheap. If you want to actually see, like, countryside and stuff, people will have businesses that is just like a, a wooden shed. Like, there's no signage on it or anything. Uh, when I was in, I forget where I was. Was I? Yeah, it was in, I was in Thailand and staying in, I think it was PP Island. See, Thailand has a reputation for being like a, a sex tourism place, but really the Thai people are really, if you get out of like Bangkok and Patong, which are like the two main tourist centers, if you get out of that area, people are very, very conservative, very religious. So it's really, they've really centralized all of like the scummy, uh, western sex tour shit in those two cities everywhere else they're like you know very devout religious people very conservative uh someone who was who was with us wanted to get a tattoo of like a swear word in thai tattooed on their on their leg and the guy refused to do it and he ended up doing it he said okay i'll do it but just don't tell anybody that you got it here because i don't want anybody to know that i wrote that word down right so it can be a very religious like you know uh conservative place so we, I think it was in PP Island. We were there. And the guy who was driving the taxi, and I said, hey, listen, why don't you give me a, a card or something? And next time we need a taxi, I'll call you because I like the guy. He's like, okay. And he gives me the card. And he's like, I also uh, do dry cleaning. I make noodle and I can <laughs> and I can uh, shine your shoes for you. Like he, he had his business was like five businesses. I drive taxi. I fix television. <clears throat> I come fix plumbing. I make a food delivery and I do dry clean. <laughs> and his office was just like a little hut in the middle of the main street with like 50 electrical cables coming out of the back room somewhere. <laughs> he ran five different businesses from this fucking little noodle hut. It was amazing. But anyway, sorry to get off topic. I make a noodle. I fix TV. I dry clean suit. You want suit? You come me. I make, I measure suit for you. You like a suit? <laughs> He makes the suit, he fixes the suits, he makes the TV, he fixes the TVs, he makes noodles and delivers it all while driving a taxi. Yeah, fucking busy. They work hard, man. They work hard. That's why like certain immigrants you don't have a problem with because those are the motherfuckers that are going to come over here and make us look lazy. Guys who do that for nothing, basically. For, you know, like for $10 American a week, they'll do all of that, work 20 hours a day. Life's pretty fucking tough. That's always why I always laugh when people who are on welfare in places like Australia or the United States complain about being poor. It's like, well, in global standards, you are one of the richest people on fucking planet Earth. So stop your bitching. Why censor with the diamond says, uh, will he love you long time? No, but he, his wife probably will. There's a saying in Thailand, everything is for sale. <laughs> All right, where were we? The cartnarks, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so while this... We're in this heightened fervor right now of, you know, racial agitation. The Cartnarks put this video out a few hours ago. It's called No Discrimination. You see, because when it comes to parking lot justice, the Cartnarks care not for your ethnicity. They don't care what color you are. They only care about you putting your cart back in the cart corral. And white, black, brown, yellow, purple, brindle, red, they, it does not matter. They take the view, the correct view, that if you are a shopping cart terrorist, if you are a cart criminal, 
then you deserve swift justice regardless of your own personal circumstances. And I couldn't agree more. So let's see the Cartnarks dealing out swift justice here in California. Uh-oh. Got a double uh, lane stoppage over here. A double double lane stoppage. I don't think we've ever seen a double lane stoppage. This is serious, guys. <laughs> you need to be very well trained for the cart. No, this, is a, this is a trainable situation here. A double lane stoppage? My word. We've seen people threaten to shoot the cart narc in the head. Literally, remember that video? I will, sh- I will put six bullets in your fucking face, the guy said to him, <laughs> because he was trying to make him take his cart back to the cart corral. So, and that was over one cart. So who knows what kind of a maniac we're dealing with here? Who leaves two carts just loosely lying about in the parking lot? We are dealing with a real criminal here, folks. Ladies had two full carts. He's left him out completely blocking this lane with the cart return is right over there. The cart return is literally... Oh my, ah! I fucking hate these people so much. Look at <laughs> look at where the cart return is. Hurts. Look at this. He's left him out completely blocking this lane with the... It's right there, man! <laughs> these really are the worst people in society. I don't even care anymore. Murderers, armed robbers, gangbangers, pedophiles, all pale into insignificance compared to somebody who's going to leave their cart in a spot when the cart corral is literally right there. I don't even care. I would much rather leave my children with a convicted pedophile than this person. <laughs> than this scum. Unfucking believable. Cart returns right over there. Let's go, Narcateer. That's not where the carts go. Cart corral's right there. (laughs) Just left two carts in the middle of the spot here. This is the thing. If you're going to be a cart narc, if you're going to be a narcoteer, you have to be very polite. You have to be playful. You've got to de-escalate. Maybe this is the way that police should treat all criminals. We've already established that cart criminals are the worst criminals on planet Earth. Right? So anything else compared to that... Not nearly as much of a problem. <laughs> Follow Q too far, not far enough. Oh no, I'm with the card narcs. Yeah, we knock out people who don't take the cards back. No, but it's real? Yeah, of course I'm real. I'm Agent Sebastian at your service. Oh, well, uh, you know, about two years ago, it's a long story, but I'm in the middle of a narc right now. What they did is they left their cards out. Spent D, is this a troll? No, no, this is a real channel. These guys, this is all these guys do. They're called the card narcs. And they go around your local shopping centre car parking lot, right? And they, they knock on people who leave their carts out. <laughs> right here in the middle of this parking lot. When they're at the spot, the return's right there. Can we or what? Yeah, well, just in case, I'm going to give them a parking... Uh... Now, see, as she backs out, they carry around these little uh, bumper stickers, these little bumper magnets that they throw on somebody's car, and it says, we're from the cart narcs. You did the wrong thing. You left your, your cart out. You didn't take it back to the parking, uh, to the cart corral. And so then you, they leave a little phone number there for people to ring. And people can call up the cart marks and report a cart criminal. <laughs> uh, magnet there. We have these uh, bumper magnets we give folks. What is this? Oh, with the cart narks. And uh, what we do is... <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm afraid this is very serious. <laughs> what is this? Are you serious? Yes deadly serious 
this is no laughing matter, man. She doesn't believe this is happening to her. She's one of these people who's probably been leaving their carts in like wherever, willy-nilly, wherever she wants for her entire adult life, and she never thought that she would find justice. But I think that these people are basically like serial killers. Like they want to get caught, you know what I mean? Like they're proud of the, they're proud of their crimes, these people. <laughs> Rusty with the diamond, thank you so much, says Agent Sebastian needs to be promoted to captain. I couldn't agree more. He's gone above and beyond this guy. He's the number one narcoteer in the agency of cart narcs, the specially trained agency. So she's probably been going around various malls, leaving carts willy-nilly for the better part of two or three decades. But today is her day. Today is the day where it comes to an end. Today is the day when the cart narcs deal justice. And I couldn't be happier. Well, yeah, of course. I, don't I look serious? <laughs> look, I have a very cool uniform and... Uh... <laughs> She's just staring at him. <laughs> She's looking him up and down like with that, that look of dismissal on her face. Uh, not giving any respect. R-E-S-B-E-C-T, motherfucker. This is the Cartnarks. This is serious. What we're doing here is we're knocking out folks who don't take the carts back. Yeah. Like the cart returns right there. And it's you, right there, ma'am. You guys just left them in the middle of the spot. <laughs> Doesn't know what to say to this guy. <laughs> She's so lost in the chat. <laughs> Huh? What? What you talking about? Who are you? Is this serious? Is you like, is you like joking or something? Like, is this a joke? No, no, ma'am, this is serious. We're, we're knocking out people who don't take their cart backs. I mean, look, the cart corral's right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think she's taking it seriously. Oh, that's our bumper magnet. It's got our Lazy Bones hotline number on it. You can... <laughs> The bumper magnet's got a Lazy Bones hotline number on it. Call us up. We can talk to you about how to not be lazy in the future. And you know, <laughs> oh, no, no, well, man, it's, how else are we going to get our number then if you don't have the... I don't need your number. What? I don't need your number, honey. <laughs> no, well, I'll clear... Yes, you clearly do. Clearly you do if you're leaving your carts out. Can you please get that off my car? No, man, I need for you to have that and give us a ring. I we'll... don't want it. Why not? I don't want it. <laughs> I don't know if she's I don't know if she's just super chill or high as fuck. It's gotta be one or the other. I can't decide. She may be ridiculously super chilled. But she might be high as a motherfucker too. <laughs> Honey, I don't want it. <laughs> Yo, what's that uh what's that sticker there? Oh, that's the card nice, ma'am. Uh you can give us a call. It's a hotline. We'll tell you how not to be such a lazy bones in the future and you can take your cart back. Uh, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it on there. Can you take it off there, please? Is this serious? <laughs> I want it off my car, though. I, well, you know what I want? <laughs> <laughs> I want it off my car, though. Oh, I'll tell you what I want. I want you to take your car back. <laughs> I can give us a ring. I don't want it. Why not? I don't want, I want it. it off my car, though. I, well, you know what I want? It's for you to take the cards back. <laughs> Can you please take that off my cards? You're being very polite, which I, which I do respect. But in this case, if you take your cards back, I'll tell you what. I'll take it then if you take these back. <laughs> I 
I don't think I don't think he's got a deal. <laughs> I don't think she's going to agree with this ultimatum. I'll tell you what, if you take your cart back, then I'll take it off your car. How about that? She just stares at him again. <laughs> but I don't want it on there. Can't you can't you just take it off there? I don't want it there. You know what I want? I want you to uh, take that that thing off the uh, hood of my car. I don't want it there. That is a fair. I think that's fair. It's more than fair. Because now, next person who wants to pull in here doesn't exactly. have a open spot. Oh, where are you going? Uh, y'all white people are crazy. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Man, y'all white people are crazy. <laughs> I got to admit, I like her. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> we are crazy. Crazy about parking lot justice, you bitch. If it's if it's crazy to be concerned about the safety and well-being of the average person in the parking lot, then hell, call me crazy. If it's crazy to not want to stand idly by whilst reckless cart criminals leave their shopping carts willy-nilly that can just roll into anybody's ride, then call me crazy. I guess I'm insane then. Man, y'all white people are crazy. <laughs> Doesn't have a open spot, oh, are you? Exactly, I agree with her. People are saying she's got a point. I agree. We are crazy for cart justice. We are crazy for cart, equal cart treatment. And, you know, if you're going to be crazy about something, you may as well be crazy about something that means something, damn it. Where are you going? Y'all white people are crazy. White people, watch out behind you, watch out behind you, watch out behind you. And then she nearly backs into somebody else. This is a nightmare. She's backing out too, be careful. What does it have to do with being white? Because that's the kind of stuff white people do with what you're doing right now. Put up! Man, why are you calling me crazy? Because this is the kind of stuff that you white people do. <laughs> Only white people do this kind of shit. <laughs> Being white. Because that's the kind of stuff white people do is what you want right now. But up! I, all, all shapes, races, and sizes. Oh, there's a bunch of something going on right now. He Cardi saved, exactly, he saved her life. <laughs> and she's still, no respect. Man, this is all like uh, crazy stuff that y'all white people do. <laughs> Don't discriminate based on race. <laughs> Ban Utri worldwide. White people be wanting order and respect and shit. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, uh, sad day. I'm feeling you, brother. Sad day indeed. Cart knocks out. Cart knocks, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> One of my favorite channels. Let me grab that link. I'll put it in the chat for you. So you too can be part of the movement to bring justice back to the parking lots. There you go. The cart knocks. <clears throat> All right. We were, we're talking about making the world a better place. How about you put this in your pipe and smoke it? Porn star offering Black Lives Matter supporters free nude snaps on OnlyFans. This is how we get real change. This is how we get real movement. Sexy fitness model Maria Fit, uh, Mariah Fit, pardon me, is offering a free subscription to her erotic photo collection in the wake of the killing of George Floyd, but only for supporters of Black Lives Matter. What, how do I prove that I'm a supporter of Black Lives Matter, though? How do I do that? 
Do I have to go to a rally? Do I have to be pepper sprayed? Do I have to steal something? <laughs> How do I prove that I'm a Black Lives Matter supporter? In the wake of George Floyd killing, support for Black Lives Matter movement has been mobilized like never before. I've got to hand it to the BLM folks. You know, uh, credit where it's due. They saw an opportunity in the wake of the killing of George Floyd. They mobilized, they organized, and they got corporate sponsorship. They got the big corporations backing them too. So, hey, they're pretty good at what? They're pretty good at PR. I don't know any other organization that can be attached directly to looting and violence and death in the streets and still get corporate sponsorship. Because most of the time, if you have corporate sponsorship and you say one wrong thing on Twitter, they will drop you. But for some reason, BLM is able to be involved in all of these extracurricular activities and still get more money coming in. It's fucking amazing. Whoever the PR people working for Black Lives Matter, they're obviously uber capitalists. They're obviously uber capitalists with marketing degrees because they know exactly what they're doing. And they manage to get like the big movers and shakers at the big end of town supporting their cause. They must be very good at what they do. If I was working at an advertising agency, I would hire these people. I would give them a legitimate job. So you you can make us money. In the wake of the George Floyd killing, support for the Black Lives Matter movement has been mobilized like never before. Millions of people are doing whatever they can to help, and that includes OnlyFans models. You know, OnlyFans is all about justice. <laughs> Fitness model Mariah Fit is offering a free subscription to her erotic photo collection, but only for supporters of Black Lives Matter. The sporty temptress tweeted, free nude and free subscription to my OnlyFans to the ones who support Black Lives Matter and justice for George Floyd. Giving out a free pick may or may not help, but this fucking, but fuck this inequality shit, fuck racism, and fuck the people who support it. There she is, the lovely lass. Dozens of social media users responded, mostly in favour of the cheeky gesture. Justin replied, sign me up, and another user named Hot Wife simply said gorgeous. <laughs> fear not, fear if I do not sponsor, probably. These were one or two negative responses, uh, responses, though. One commenter said, It is incredibly insensitive and disrespectful that you are bringing traffic to your site and profiting from black grief and violence. Yes, but isn't everybody else? Isn't everybody else? What's the difference? I mean... We can't honestly be against uh, corporations getting behind social justice causes, but not individuals, right? Ah. Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Gypsy says, uh, send her a boogie bumper butt plug. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe we'll get a promotion that way. Get the word out about the show. We support Black Lives Matter and daily boogie bumper butt plugs. Bumpy approves, says Amberlina. <laughs> Bumpy approves. Thank you for the diamond. So if we're, if we're not against corporations supporting this stuff, why should we be against individuals? KB, thank you for the diamond. No, this particular individual, she's not allowed to do it. It's very, it's cheapening the cause, you see. Another clearly angry user calling themselves Chip the Driver asked why Mariah's campaign wasn't supporting All Lives Matter. Citing the, why aren't you giving free? Why aren't you giving free nudes to everybody? Hmm? 
<laughs> Citing the death of 77-year-old retired police captain David Dawn, who was fatally shot after a confrontation with looters while working as a security guard at a pawn shop in St. Louis. Mariah gave Chip short swift, stressing that she could advertise her pussy to raise awareness any damn day. <laughs> yeah. Mariah also advertises her services as an escort in the Toronto and Vancouver areas. Shout out to my Toronto bros. Charging $5,000 Canadian dollars for a 24-hour date, which I think is about $16 American dollars. Is that about right? Is that the conversion? I'm not, I'm not sure on the conversion. 5,000 Canuck bucks, I think, is about $16.50 in the United States. So very affordable. Very affordable for people south of the border. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Porn star offering Black Lives Matter supporters free nudes on OnlyFans. <clears throat> All right. I think we need to take a trip across the ocean while we've still got a little time here. Actually, you know what? Let's skip to something else because a couple of people tagged me in a couple of videos here. And we've got a little time left on the show. And I thought this might be worth analysing. <clears throat> I did have a very, very, very quick scan of this before we went live. And there may be something of interest here. I don't know because I didn't like listen to it in depth. But on this show, I, like, I don't like to really pre-watch stuff or pre-read stuff that much. I'd rather give you like genuine reaction. So a couple of people who send me good stuff, Movie Time Blues and Follow Q <clears throat> sent this through. Uh, two different things, pardon me. Movie Time Blues, shout out to Movie Time Blues, who sent this through. Live convo with a formal, uh, former social justice warrior about the cult of SJW. So uh, let's see what's going on here. They're all taught at school like I was. So I'm assuming the girl on the right, Carrie Smith, is the former SJW being interviewed by Dr. Carolyn B. I don't know who these people are. I don't know the podcast. To become activists for this belief system. And so... I used it to push that, that, that show that we produced, I produced that show with Chris Rock. Um, it was, I would, I think of it as one of the first SJW comedy shows. And after that, we saw just an influx of them and I can't started coming out of my belief. Ah, oh, so you're the one we can blame for all this. <laughs> sure. It's good. It's fair enough to be atoning for your sins now, but obviously you're the one who started all of this shit. Chase her into the cornfield. System shortly after a couple years after that. Um, so, uh, so because I spent so much time pushing it, maybe that's the reason I feel like it's so important to talk about what it is and, and what it's not. And I feel so what my purpose has become speaking about the dangers and the evil of this belief system and trying to help people like get a grasp for what, for what it really is. Yeah. But let's be honest here. It's not going to matter. You know why? Upper middle-class white woman. End of story. <laughs> been talking about the reality checks that people have been getting over the last couple of weeks. I'm on your side. It doesn't stop the rocks coming through your window. Saying, uh, I support you, doesn't stop them smashing your store, right? It doesn't stop. The reality checks will come. Just because you think that you're like a, a Marxist uh college-age Marxist revolutionary doesn't mean that when the revolution starts, people are going to care what you fucking think. Once it starts, nobody's listening to you. And all of these speeches about unity and we need love, not hate, unity, not division, we need to go forwards, not backwards, all of the usual stereotypical tropes mean fuck all. 
when things actually escalate because nobody's listening to those speeches. They're just like, fuck all that. I'm going to get myself a Rolex. So whilst she's come to this real estate, it's a very sad tale, I suspect, for this woman, Kerry Smith, who we just found out was a producer on what could be like the first SJW TV show. She wants to warn people that it's a cult and it's not the right way to go about it. She's she's come of age. She's had her come to Jesus moment on the road to Damascus. And she's decided this is not the right way. This is dangerous. This is bad. But the thing that people like her have helped to create is it's baked into it is a belief that people like her are irrelevant at the same time or shouldn't be listened to. You know what I mean? <clears throat> That's the great tragedy of all this. The people who have created this and perpetuated this and pushed this into the mainstream are the very people that their own belief system thinks should be disregarded because they're upper middle class white people and it doesn't matter what they think. They created something that excludes themselves <laughs> and now they're confused why nobody's listening to them anymore. It's, it's fucking unbelievable. That and I think we're no, it, it, it's great. And I think that you know we're seeing it, it. It really is like a cult. I mean, how I I've been seeing people have been sending me all these documents that their organizations have been sending them lately yeah. about you know how to get more involved and how to support um, you know oppressed populations. And this is what we the, the video that we showed in the first part. Remember the guy who was talking about well we need to cancel all of these TV shows and then we need to start writing the scripts for the shows that are still on TV. This is how that this is how this shit starts. Ages ago, I'll tell you a quick little story. Ages ago, when this was just a podcast, right? So when I started doing the Daily Boogie podcast, it was like half an hour episodes. And you can go back and find this in the archive. I think the episode was called The Dangerous Power of Storytelling. And we used to do one live stream a week on a Thursday night, like really late at night. And they would go for like four or five hours. And now we do live streams every day. <clears throat> but... So back when it was just a podcast, I covered this story of a book that was written, right? And again, this because this stuff irritates me so much. As somebody who's been like, you know, not not a not uh, embedded in the art world, but definitely on the fringes of it, you know, with music and stuff. <clears throat> this kind of shit, like stifling artistic freedom, really. That's the one of the things that really annoys me the most, because that's that goes against all of the shit that these people claim to stand for you know, expression and hearing people's voices and stuff. They really don't believe in that. Um, they're really anti, you know, these SJW types like to say that they're all for cultural awareness and stuff, but they're really not. They're anti-culture. They want to erase culture. They want to destroy it. And they want culture to be what fits into their predetermined manufactured little box, like, like pets. They want their cultural icons to dress how they want them to dress and they want them to dance how they want them to dance and they want them to speak how they want them to speak. And this is upper middle class white people doing this. You know, when an upper middle class SJW thinks of an Indian person, they don't think of a person. Like I think of a person who could be, you know, working, filling fucking potholes on a Wednesday morning at 6am. When they think of an American Indian person, they're the ones who think of the headdress and the fucking war paint because that's how they want them to be. Because that's protecting, we're protecting your culture for you, right? So they, they erase culture and they, they want a manufactured one to take its place. 
And it doesn't matter what Western country you're in, be it the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, whatever, the UK, they are the same in every country where everything becomes bland and gray and the same. We all have to have the same agenda. We all have to speak the same. We all have to uh, respect the same causes. Everything everywhere has to be the same as everybody everywhere else. So they are distinctly anti-culture in that respect. So that shit really gets me. Um, so I did this podcast called The Dangerous Power of Storytelling. And this guy who was, I forget his name, but he's an award-winning author. He wrote a book. I haven't read the book. He wrote a book about like a young Muslim boy who goes into a library with the goal of being a suicide bomber. Goes into the library in the middle of, middle of town with a bomb strapped to his chest. He's going to blow it up. And then while he's in there, he sees the people in the library, like all different people, and they're all like reading books and talking about it and like learning. And, and he actually like, he can't go through with it because he sees how many, how people are enjoying this library and enjoying reading and enjoying stories, right? And you would think that that is like, that's exactly the kind of book that would be promoted by the SJW kinds, right? Because it's like, you know what I mean? It's promoting harmony. It's promoting education. It's promoting reading. Uh, he's not the bad guy. He falls in love with the storytelling and stuff. But no, <laughs> no, of course not. No. The book was taken off the shelves. Again, this isn't some like right-wing blogger who wrote this. It's an award-winning author. The book was cancelled from publication. It was taken off the shelves after a, a campaign that said, this book is taken... Uh, pushing dangerous racist stereotypes about Muslims. And like the whole point of the book is actually, <clears throat> like from what I can gather from the description of it, it appears that the whole point of the book is actually to challenge the stereotype and to say like how good it is and people can be unified and can find common ground and can be get along, right? Regardless of their various differences, but no. No, this was a dangerous stereotype that was being pushed that will lead to anger, it will lead to rage, it will lead to violence because people are going to think of uh, Arab boys as suicide boys. It was fucking insane. But what we did on that show was the organisation who started this petition, I thought, how many people actually, because the organisation was called something like the Asian Writers Association. I'd never heard of them. And they're like, all of these people, the Asian Writers Association stood against it. We won, right? I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a look. Who is the Asian Writers Association? So I went to their website and I found two entries on a new website. The website had been registered a month earlier, around the time that the book came out. And I found two entries only. I found a Twitter account that was a month old that had like 12 followers. They were following about 200 authors, but they had 12 followers themselves. And there barely anything on the Twitter page except for things relating to, please sign our petition, this is racist, we need to get this book taken away. That was all they had. The two entries on the website, the first one was, welcome to the Asian Writers Association, we are building the website, um, we are currently involved in a campaign to have this dangerous, racist, stereotypical book taken off the shelves. Because my whole thing was, what author would sign a petition to have another author 
banned. Like, you know what I mean? <clears throat> I shouldn't be surprised. I'm not anymore. But it's like comedians calling for other comedians to be cancelled. They don't have the basic self-preservation gene to stand on the side of free expression, even though they themselves rely on it, right? They don't have enough sense to save themselves. So when a comedian comes out and says, we need to ban that comedian because his comedy is problematic, like they're literally cutting their own nose off despite their face. But they're too stupid to understand that. Like, we shouldn't have to convince comedians and we shouldn't have to convince artists and we shouldn't have to convince authors that standing on the side of free expression is in their best interest. But apparently we do. Because that's how mind-fucked people are now. That they can't put those basic two things together. So the two entries on the website, the first one was, oh, we're going to stand against this thing. The second entry on the website, remember, there was only two. The second entry was, thank you to everybody who signed our petition. We got the book taken down. So a Twitter account with 12 followers and a website with two entries, which was started about a month earlier, managed to get a global publishing house to take down, to take a book down from an award-winning author. That's all it took. The dangerous power of storytelling. If you go back and listen to the podcast, I'll explain it in full. So... I can guess what they're going to talk about here. When we see shows getting cancelled, when we see comedians getting cancelled, when we see speeches getting cancelled, just remember, like, the, 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 it's not always going to be like a groundswell of support like you have been trained to believe. Oftentimes, you can, you're talking about a handful of people, a handful of very dedicated people who will create They'll create phony websites and phony associations and phony accounts and sign with phony names. And you would think, oh, they have to do this thousands of times. No, it can be a dozen people. Because these corporations and the people, the gatekeepers, are now so terrified of even the slightest bit of negativity that it's much more convenient for them to just cut it off than to actually ride out the wave. And that's why I said earlier, if you want genuine comedy and genuine art and genuine unshackled opinion now, you have to come to dark corners of the internet like this. Because you're not going to see it on TV, you're not going to see it on the bookshelf, you're not going to see it on the stage at a comedy show. You have to hunt it out yourself. You won't get notifications. The people will get shadow banned. And when you finally find something you like, you're, you're torn as to whether I should promote it or not because if too many people fucking hear about it, it may get banned too. That's that's where we are now. You have to really work hard to get genuine entertainment because of people like this. So let's carry on and see what she's got to say. Because I suspect she's going to be talking about uh, companies getting letters and stuff saying that they need to promote causes and they need to cancel things. So. And, and it really, it's insidious. Yeah, like I know. Cult. NASCAR banned the Confederate flag. I've got that story in the in the shoot. As is always the case on this show, I have so much stuff lined up, ready to go, and then I never get to it because I jibber-jabber on too much. <laughs> because it starts out so innocent, and it starts mm-hmm. out so kind of, you know, you feel like you're on the side of fundamental good. And I was looking through this document. Someone, someone sent me a big um, PDF from the American Cancer Society that they sent all their employees last night, and I was kind of looking through it. The Cancer and Society. It was, it was simple things like, oh, you can read white fragility and oh yes. here's a list of books that you can read with your 
your kid? And why don't you donate to these causes? And how it kind of seems to me is it, it reminds me of things like Scientology or Landmark, yep. which are also cults, yes. but they start <laughs> out good. They start out with like, um, with like the little nuggets of like wisdom that's built on ancient wisdom. And so it works for you and it makes people feel good because it's not stuff they invented, it's stuff they appropriated. Um, yes. But once you get past those little nuggets of wisdom, all of a sudden you're paying them all your money to be taught how to live life in their terms and you're in a cult before you even realize it. You're exactly right. It, there's Think of Drew Brees. We've covered Drew Brees on this show the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> the NFL quarterback. As soon as he came out and made that first apology, you know his life story is now written for him. And he has no say in the matter. He now belongs to the movement. He is their bitch. He apologizes. People come out and say, you know what? I don't care for that first apology. How about another one? He's now on like his fucking half a dozen apologies, this guy. It's sad. It's it's like it's like it's like he's like a fucking rape victim, you know. <laughs> he's just cowering in the corner. Please stop. I've had enough. They're like, no, Drew. You will keep taking it. You'll keep taking it as long as we say so. Punch him in the mouth again. So now his ass belongs to the movement. Because you know, six months from now, you know, his teammate came out and said, you know what, I don't think Drew is a racist, but now I think he's going to be prepared to put the work in. And that was the sign. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, put the work in. That means six months from now, they're going to call you up, Drew, and they're going to say, listen, we're doing a benefit lunch for uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. I think it would be a really good idea if you showed up. Oh, look, you know, I don't really want to get it. Yeah, but Drew, come on now. Now, you don't want to repeat. You want to prove to people that you're not a racist, don't you? You want to prove to people that you're on our side, don't you? You know, I think it'd be, re I think it'd be really important for you to show up at this thing, okay? As your manager, I think this would be best for your career right now, Drew. You know, I'm getting the sponsorship deals all lined up now. And what we don't want right now in this stage of the negotiations is any kind of controversy. They want people who are going to be spokespeople for the right causes. You want to be part of that, don't you, Drew? You want to be you want to be part of the change, don't you? You want to show people that you're a good guy, right? Come on, Drew. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up, sir. Because he's got no choice. Because even though he's a multi multi millionaire. The only way that you can do what you want and say what you want is you either have to have nothing to lose or too much money where it doesn't matter. And he's not even at that stage yet. You need to have fuck you money or no money at all. <laughs> They're the only two ways. Because everybody's got something to lose and they know that and they put pressure on you. It's like, I've made the reference before, it's like a mafia standover tactic except the, instead of putting a gun in your face, they cry. They cry and tell you how hurtful you are. And then you just open the till and hand them the money. You hand over your cash. At least the mafia sticks a gun in your face and say, listen, if you don't pay us the protection, I'm going to blow your fucking brains out here in front of your kids. <laughs> this mafia operates. They walk into your store. They cry and they say, we need to put a poster up in your window. Please let us put the poster up, you awful white person. Otherwise, I'm going to cry and tell everybody that you're a racist. And people go, oh, okay. I guess I'll go along with it, right? It's the same tactic. It's just a different uh, mode of transport. There's a lot of people making a lot of money off the belief system as well. Robin D'Angelo being one of them. And they have, once you start to learn a little bit more about the belief system, you, you'll recognize they recommend the same reading list over and over. 
It's Same even infiltrated. In every I want to talk country. about how it's it's everywhere now. It's infiltrated the church. It's infiltrated atheist groups. It's infiltrated knitting, which is where you and I met. Yeah. It's in the sewing world. It's in gaming. It's in entertainment. And now you're seeing it. It's so mainstream. It's become so mainstream that now we are seeing corporations, large corporations, all speaking the words, speaking the words the cult wants them to speak. I'll give her this. She's brave. And you might you might be a little more cynical, which I respect. And you might say, well, it's a fucking bit late now, Kerry. Um, that's fine. But one thing is for certain, these SJW groups and the like the Uber left wing groups who are very good at manipulating corporations and individuals and people with platforms into doing what they want, the kind of moral standover tactic, you know, crying instead of pointing a gun at you. They're very good at it. They're very they know what they're doing. Um, but one thing is for certain. Uh, they save the most rage for people who used to be on their side. Like, if you think that they hate you as a Republican or a conservative or a libertarian or whatever, uh, they probably do, but they don't hate you as much as people who used to be on their team. They hate them the most because they're traitors to the cause and they know how the machine runs. So they're the ones that they come after most viciously. So in that respect, she's brave. And it's funny too, they're talking about, she's like, we all know this stuff. She's not breaking any new ground here. We all know that they're in every part of life now, every aspect of life. I've made this comment before too. Certain people in Western society wanted everything to be political. Everything has to be political, right? <clears throat> From school to entertainment to sports to corporations, they they wanted to push politics and political agendas into every aspect of your life. So you have to be surrounded by it at all times. <clears throat> Pardon me. You have to be completely overwhelmed with it. You have to live and breathe and sleep the agenda constantly. That's the only way to create change. That's their that's their thinking, right? That's their motto. But now that they have, like, people used to go to watch the football to escape that shit. Like, for me, I, I'm a, a season ticket holder at my local club, right? I would go to the football. It's three hours a week that I can break free of everything. Like, I don't check the phone. I just fucking grab a beer and watch my team and shout abuse at the other players. You know what I mean? And I could feel like a normal person again for that three hours a week. And then I get back home and I get back into the groove and we're doing this again. But everybody needs that release valve. Same if I watch a movie, right? If I, I want to see like, um, you know, I want to see people in suits flying around in space shooting aliens. Something that's so unrealistic that has nothing to do with the current events. That's, that's what I want to hook into when I watch a movie. To break away, to, to cleanse, to open the, the pressure valve for a few hours, right? That's not good enough for these people. Everything has to be political. Everything has to have a political tinge and they will shove it down your throat until you beg for mercy. But having succeeded, right? Because they, they won. They won the culture war. If you still think that there's a culture war, you're misguided. They won. They've already won. They have already put it into every aspect of your life. They already control entertainment. They already control sports they are on their way to controlling they, they already control the fucking corporations <laughs> right they've won 
what we're doing now is like a, it's like a, um, it's, you know, we're fighting out of caves in Afghanistan, basically. To use a metaphor. And there's drones flying around and tactical missiles and, you know, they're, they're mapping the landscape around us and we're moving from cave to cave trying to avoid the drones in the middle of the night with the infrared sensors. Just trying to stay alive while they control the whole battlefield and the airspace and space itself. So having succeeded in dominating every aspect of our lives, top to bottom, <laughs> it always makes me laugh when they're confused and outraged when people start to say, you know what, fuck all this shit, I'm done. I don't like it. You're, you're pushing politics onto every aspect of my life, I'm done. And then they turn around like it's the it's the blame the victim stuff. They turn around and say, <laughs> why are you making everything political? <laughs> you know what I mean? Stop making everything. It's not about politics. Stop it. You're just some you're just afraid. You're afraid of change. What have you got a problem? What are you some kind of bigot? <laughs> Stop making everything political after politics has been injected into every aspect of your life. What about butt plugs? That'll be political too. Don't worry about it. So <clears throat> I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Thank you, Movie Time Blues. And one more quick one here from Follow Q. How are we going for time? Uh, I tell you what, we'll, we'll save that one for another day. We'll do a short one. We'll, we'll do the NASCAR. So NASCAR came out with this statement. Breaking, NASCAR bans Confederate flags from its events. NASCAR was pro is probably the whitest sport in America, I'm guessing. Second to only maybe ice hockey. <laughs> so, of course, they were going to have to do something. They probably got a petition with a couple of thousand names on it. They probably see the, they probably see the change going through all of the other sports and all of the other corporations and all of the other teams and every other aspect of society. So I thought, we'll get ahead of the curve. This way, nobody's going to get outraged at us for a while. If we submit now, nobody's going to attack us later for a while. Winning TV with the diamond says, does your butt plug lean right or left? My butt plug is straight as an arrow. Long, hard, deep and thorough. So let's have a look here. The presence of the Confederate flag at NASCAR events runs contrary to our commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment for all fans. It's the same language over and over again for decades. It's a copy-paster press release. Our competitors and our industry, bringing people together around a love for racing and the community that it creates is what makes our fans and sports special. No, it's not. The thing that makes the sport special and special as indifferent is really fast cars going around in a circle. That's what makes the sport different. <laughs> the thing that makes the NASCAR fans special is not that they, quote, love bringing to people together around love and an inclusive environment that is management speak made up from some college graduate who has probably never been to a track right that's not what makes nascar fans special what makes nascar fans special is the fact that they're fucking lunatics who will follow the racing cars around the country and live in carav and live in vans to do it and cook barbecues whilst they give up every other aspect of their life just to follow the NASCAR around. That's what makes them special. The fact that they're fucking insane. 
You know, I never see NASCAR fans on TV saying, you know, why are you here? Well, I'm here because I believe in an inclusive environment where we get together about love and community. That No NASCAR fan has ever uttered those words. But the corporation is telling you, this is what you are. This is the kind of person you are. This is what makes you special. Again, it's some college graduate, some somebody with a title, something along the lines of community diversity engagement officer. You know what I mean? Who wrote this press release, who's probably never had a spanner in their hand. It creates and makes our fans and sports special. The display of the Confederate flag will be prohibited from all NASCAR events and properties. How are you gonna do how are you gonna sort out those tattoo guys though? <laughs> what are you gonna do with them? Cut their skin off at the front gate, hopefully. And then, of course, ladies and gentlemen, the NASCAR drivers themselves, they had to be roped in. This is how you get roped in. The manager calls them up. Hey, listen, we're putting together this little, we're putting together this little thing for the fans. You know, you've heard about all of the protests and stuff. I just think it would be nice if you could do a little little video and say how much you love diversity and how much you stand with the oppressed people. Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. I don't really want to do politics. I just want to drive cars real fast. Yeah, but you see, the problem here, Billy Bob, is that if you don't do this stuff, they're not going to let you drive the car. Okay? They're going to find themselves somebody who's more of a team player. You, you want to be a team player, don't you? Don't you want to be part of the good guys? Huh? Don't you want to be part of... Don't you want to be thought of as a nice guy? Yeah, listen here, man. I just want to drive my car real fast. They all turn into J.J. Stone. I just want to do a show, man. I just want to drive a car, man. <laughs> yeah, but come on, Billy Bob. Come on. I'm just trying to drive my car, man. Come on, Billy Bob. You know... You know that every other everybody else is doing it. You know, you you may not like it, but it's for the right reasons. You're not going to be the only guy who says that they're not going to do it. He t- he tells that to all of the people that he's the only one that's not doing it. You know what I mean? The manager calls up all of his drivers and says, "You know, you're the only one that's holding out on me here. Everybody else has signed up for this." <laughs> and now you're owned by them because it's easier. It's easier. It's easier just make your short little video Get on there, 30 seconds, say the right things, and then you can go back to your life. And everybody will leave you alone for a while until the next time. And then next time it'll be a two-minute video where you have to say the right things. And then next time it'll be you've got to appear on stage. And then next time we want you to hold the banner, if you could do that before a race, if you could, please. You know, you don't want to be the only guy who's not going along with it. And then you'll have to appear at the gala uh, fundraising dinner because, hey, everybody else is doing it. You know, just go out there, go to the dinner, make the speech, talk about how much you love the movement, just do what we say, and everybody will leave you alone for a while. Just keep pandering. And then, of course, if you ever get to the stage where you don't want to pander anymore, uh, then you'll get the Drew Brees treatment where you'll, you'll do what we want anyway, but you're just going to be uh, humiliated at the same time. So isn't this, e- come on, Billy Bob, isn't this easier? Isn't this the better way to go about it? Huh? Let's have a look. Of course, with the fucking cliched piano music in the background. We're no strangers to moving fast. And we know how life can have that same quality. Oh. But now, but now, but now, 
Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'll, I'll see you in hell. Time to slow down and reflect. The events of recent <laughs> weeks highlighted the work we still need to do as a nation to condemn racial inequality and racism. Look, again... <clears throat> This kind of shallow symbology has always been an uninteresting bore to me. And I know people, friends of mine, people in my life who will say things like, isn't this great? Isn't this wonderful? And I will, I, I get accused of being a racist because I ask them, why is, what is so good about this? Why is this great? Why is this wonderful? And they will say, and they believe it. And they will say, oh, because listen to the message it's important. They're using their platform to push a message of unity and diversity and, and stuff. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, you realize that they're all reading the same statement. They're just reading a pre-prepared statement. Somebody has clipped them reading a pre-prepared statement together and put a little fucking piano music behind it. That's all this is. Oh no, this is important. No, this is, this is big. This is an important message. We're, we're, we're sharing. This is a, we're about creating an inclusive community here. This is an important thing that's taking place. It's not. These guys who are, who are there because they want to drive cars really fast. If they wanted to be activists, they would be activists. But no, they want to be fucking racing car drivers. And they are all with bland, with dead looks in their eyes and expressionless faces and no enthusiasm whatsoever. It looks like a terrorist video where somebody says, read this statement. Read this. My captors have treated me very well. They have not hurt me at all. They say that the they want $1 million or else they're going to brand me as a racist, right? Don't you get that vibe? But it's amazing how many people don't get that vibe. How many people will say that they live in a phony world, which is full of just uh, advertising and PR and manipulation, but when it's a message that they like, they pretend like there's no manipulation and no PR and it's all real, even though it obviously isn't, just because that's what they want. Like, how, what, do you hell, what do you hell do you say to these people? These are the same people who will tell you that Capitalism is awful because of advertising and because it makes people think that they want these products that they don't need and we've become a very shallow consumer-based society. Okay. And then they put out this thing with very little effort, a pre-prepared statement with piano music in the background and they pretend like it's fucking real life and they're changing the world and making it a better place. I can't help you. If you're one of these people, I cannot help you. You are endorsing the phony PR stuff that you claim to be too smart for. You're lapping it up like a thirsty dog drinking from a toilet. <laughs> Get that fucking manufactured corporate shit down your gullet. Lickety split. Eat it, swallow it, enjoy it, love it. You are beyond help at this point. You're not cynical. You're not special. You can't see through anything. You are a slave. You are a whore to a corporate interest now. Deal with it. We're no strangers to moving fast. And we know how life can have that same quality. And we know how but life... Now, now, now we want to... Now, now is the time, is the time, time for down. change. And reflect. The events of recent weeks... Highlighted the work 
We still need to do as a nation to condemn racial inequality and racism. The deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and countless others in the black community are heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Are heartbreaking and can no longer be ignored. Nice prepared statement, bros. And learning. You're real rebels here. Understanding the problem is the first step in fixing it. We are committed to listening with empathy and with an <laughs> We are committed to reading the statement that's been handed to me by my manager. <laughs> here you go, Billy Bob. Just read this. Read this into the camera. Everything's going to be okay. You want to be a nice guy. Don't you want to be on the good guy's side, huh? Huh? Don't you want to do the right thing? <laughs> Fuck. Shameless. Shameless, shallow, rhetorical sewerage open heart to better educate ourselves. We We're going to have open hearts and open minds. We use this education to advocate for change in our nation, our communities, and most importantly, in our own homes. Even after the headlines go away. All of our voices, they make a difference. I would have I would have respected it more if they put all the fucking sponsorship stickers that they have on the NASCAR on their shirt. You know what I mean? At least... <laughs> How, how long after this video came out did one of the executives from Valvoline call up one of the drivers and say, hey, you're under contract to us. Why didn't you put the Valvoline sticker in the background? <clears throat> you know, everything you do with the press, you're supposed to represent us. We pay you a lot of money. I'm sorry. Next time that there's a, a black killing by a police officer, I'll make sure that I put the Valvoline shirt on, sir. Because <laughs> people need to know that Valvoline's on the side of the good guys too. Oils ain't oils. No matter how big or how small. There he is! <laughs> ah, yes, he's the younger guy. <laughs> Should I wear my race suit, honey? Yeah. Get some. Got to get that Goodyear in there. <laughs> the young guy probably felt pressured to do it. The older guys are like, oh, I'll just wear whatever. But the young guy, he's only fresh. He's only new in the game. <laughs> I don't want to upset my sponsors. Hey, do I still get paid for this? Or, yo, if if this if this video goes viral, do I get like a commission or some shit? Because this is still this counts as advertising, right? Does this come out of my contract? <laughs> how big or how small? It is all of our responsibility. And look, he's he's really no longer be silent. <laughs> to know this guy is really reading the statement too. Like he didn't memorize it. He didn't try to memorize it or anything. Say so again, if I was forced to do this, I would at least try to memorize it so it looks half natural. But the young guy is like right up close to the screen reading the statement. And we will stand with, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, all the uh, oppressed people. Yeah. <laughs> they make a difference. No matter how big. Look at it. <laughs> no matter how big. Or how small. How it small. is all of our responsibility. To no longer be silent. To no longer be silent. Yeah. We just can't stay it's silent. moving. We have a long road ahead of us. But let's commit to make that journey together. 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 Here's a story of a NASCAR Brady who was very sad about black guys getting killed. They had all statements for them to read. <laughs> no one was red-pilled. <laughs> Here's the story of a NASCAR driver getting sponsorship money for this. He is too scared to say his own opinion. So he has to suck corporate dick. Yay! <laughs> Our differences should not divide us. 
It is our love for all mankind. We love, we love, not hate. United, not divided. That will unite us. As we trend wave in the chat. I somehow feel safe now. <laughs> it's all, it's fixed. We fixed it. Together to make real change. To make real change. As we work together to make real change. Real change, huh? Working together to make real change, ladies and gentlemen. The good guys at NASCAR. Reading pre-prepared statements with piano music in the background. They're changing the fucking world. One corporate request at a time. There you have it. With that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that brings us to the end of tonight's broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everybody who contributed on DLive tonight. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, then you can do so by following me at Boogie Bumper. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. See you in hell. Uh, no show from me tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, uh, you've got Why Censored who's on. Of course, everybody's favorite lover of French women, Mersh. Later on tonight at nine o'clock, Irrational Times is going to be live. So give Irrational Times a follow. Uh, he's very, if he's not over a thousand subs yet on YouTube, he's very fucking close. So if you're not following Irrational Times on YouTube, then please jump over. He's the guy who made our intro song. He makes everybody's songs because he's a fucking genius and we love him. He's going live in 40 minutes. I'll be there. I'm going to uh, share the show out. I'll join in. Trent Wave, give Trent Wave a follow. We played Trent Wave's song yesterday with all of the thirsty girls around Austin. Who knew? Uh, Trent, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a call. Uh, maybe you can give me a tour of Austin. <laughs> I don't care. I'll, be, I'll, I'll turn into a NASCAR driver. Yeah, we're just here for love and community and respect. And uh, what's your name, honey? <laughs> yeah, I'm just here because, like, I want to make the world a better place and shit. Uh, uh, do you like cocktails or you you like Mexican food? Yeah, we maybe we can talk more about uh, saving the world with, like, over a taco or some shit. I don't know if that's what you want to be into or whatever. So if you want to uh, <laughs> if you want to pick up trashy uh, protest girls in Austin, then follow Trent and Wave on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen, who's been doing some great work. Uh, don't forget to follow all of our friends. Why Censored, Mr. America, The Beard of Truth, UK and Ill, Real Person PLTCS, of course, Winning TV, live on a Saturday night. Uh, Joy of Pessy, Spent D, who's been in the chat. Who else am I forgetting? Uh, JJ Stoner, ladies and gentlemen, Sunday night shit show, Frozen Asian. No Nightwave Radio tonight, but give Mersh a follow anyway. Uh, DLive.tv slash Nightwave Radio. Tomorrow morning, you'll have Daywave, Royce Lopez, JJ Stoner at midday, Revenge of the Seuss at four o'clock. Nothing from me tomorrow, but I'll probably be back on Friday, do a Friday night show. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining. Thank you for sharing the show out. Stay calm. Stay rational. God bless. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. And don't forget Coffee Talk with Sandra as well. And Dead Jedi. Sorry, Dead Jedi. Give Dead Jedi a follow too.